Last time on video night. Doppelganger or secret identity. Just put a bandaid on it. I did it! Aha! Alright, everybody, take a drink. And now. Video night. Hey, Andrew. Hello, Michael. This is my new voice. We're gonna be talking about something that's gonna be about tough guys and kicking ass. I can't be talking in my whiny, nasally voice anymore. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've noticed everybody that talks like this always has a moment where they go, ah, <sighs> I'm Charlton Heston. Yeah. So, folks, he's talking like an action hero because we're kind of talking about action movies, not your general action movies where it's just Schwarzenegger jumping off of a Harrier jet or something. It's more, uh, I guess, relentless is the word that I've been using to describe them. More relentless than that. Well, it was, it was you watching John Wick 2 is what made you think of doing this topic yeah. now mind you john wick 2 is gonna be on video by the time this thing airs but hey whatever yeah but we went through a list tore that list apart did the list again tore the list apart and this is what Dude, we ended up with a, <laughs> this was a tough list to do now yeah. we're not covering so much of stuff that people are going like, why aren't you obviously covering the raid oh yeah you know i thought about that one too because it's it's so obvious to cover the raid other than john wick when you're talking about relentless an aviator term Balls to the wall, by the way, is an aviator term and has nothing to do with testicles. Oh, see, I thought it was a it porno the... term where you're just like, I'm humping a wall. No, just, nope, I'm nope, going to nope, hump nope, a wall. Nope. It is the handle of your throttle. It has a ball handle on it, and you push it forward, which is towards the wall. So balls to the okay. wall. Balls to the wall action movies like The Raid. Maybe even... Judge Dredd? The, the, the Dredd. Dredd. Yeah, Dredd. But like they're, those are similar, stuck in one building. But the raid is the faster of the two, so that's like really relentless. But they were very much talked about, like so much talked about when they came out. Both of those. What other movies? Like yeah, well, Jet, we discussed Jet Li the, stuff, right? Right, and we we were trying to like, well, which one should we do? You know, Unleashed was the first thing you threw out, but I don't think it's as balls out action as. No, well, you think the, the Kiss of the Dragon is wall to wall action? This is where we were going to have a debate a little bit here. Okay, okay, um, yeah, yeah. But Unleashed is such a a nice gentle drama and a mob thriller and mm -hmm. the pit fight scenes which are severely brutal and awesome but it really didn't make relentless so no it, it well here's the other thing about relentless it's not just non-stop action it's also about the intensity of that action what are the what are the results of that action i mean we've seen a lot of movies where people i mean look at an episode of 18 people are like shooting like crazy but no one gets hurt you know yeah. it's, it's basically yeah, yeah. a live action gi joe that's not relentless it has to have i don't want to say it glorifies the violence it, it you know it doesn't want to be like the saw of violence uh not the way like rambo four end <laughs> but i'm saying it's like there is dramatic weight to these actions it's not just punch punch oh they fall down there right you know, that's so it. Just, that got no, me thinking like broken about yeah. another one that we're not talking about that we always go to as far as like amazing and intense and that's running scared with paul walker exactly that's exactly what i was thinking yeah so but also that is not relentless it has a relentless pace it doesn't have relentless action it has great set pieces but the story is still a more of a drama yeah and, and you can see van damme's kind of like the king of constant action but not a lot of it has that bone crunching we're, and we're going to discuss the universe soldier series later this year because it's the 25th anniversary yeah but the one where he's in prison called in hell that has these weird beautiful moments and a lot of calm stuff but then when it comes to the action it's really brutal but you're talking about maybe four action sequences over a 90 minute movie right uh and hard target of course non-stop action but there's not a lot of brutality to it right it's, it's of, a lot of John it's Booth a lot of ballet cut. action you know it's yeah. very choreographed a, the, and slow-mo stuff yeah i'm talking about in camera punchy 
fighty shooty stuff without yeah, we could do 10 episodes just about this topic yeah. but we had to call it down to just four so the first one you suggested this and this is you disagree with me with this being relentless uh, and not, while not, it's not i don't think that it's relentless in that breakneck thing to get to the end sort of thing and i know because uh-huh. you're going to talk about the jet lee movie later in a similar light but uh this is really like we're easing you in on the constant action daylight's end a lot of speculation on how it happened. Once they turn, it doesn't matter who they were before. They'll turn on you. Faster than you can pull the trigger. The situation is growing more dire by the day. Authorities are taking emergency measures. The World Health Organization is warning of a global pandemic. Within days, it could well be popping up all over the world. If the infection continues to spread at this rate, Soon there will be nothing left. Ma'am, are you okay? Just take whatever you want, okay? That's the idea, baby. Hey, wait up. I'm with a group of survivors. Listen, if you take us there, I promise you a safe place for the night. Let's go. I'm Sam. You don't meet a lot of good people these days. What makes you think I'm good people? You in charge here? Hey, what are you, ex-military? We found a plane. It'll carry every single one of us. Leave first thing in the morning. This building ain't gonna last till morning. There's gotta be a way. You give me the supplies I need, and I will hit that den. That den, it's 12 stories of darkness. You're not gonna get 25 feet in that hotel. It's a death trap. This could be our only chance. You want me? Come on! I will say this, the one major difference between this movie and the rest of the movies is that the action has more, um, it's about tension, whereas a lot of the other action movies are about wow and holy crap kind of thing. You know, like you're, you're shocked at what happens, like, oh my god, it's kind of thrilling in, in those aspects, whereas there's a sense of dread and, and tension throughout this movie about who is going to survive, and this movie is called Daylight's End. There's a question not being answered about this film, and I don't know if you caught it, or I, and I didn't. Does it answer the question whether or not these are like zombies or vampires or well, a high- it- It answers, to me, the story is a version of I Am Legend. The original. Yeah, I can see it as being a love letter to numerous things from, like, the director and writer's childhood. We got, you know, hints of Road Warrior, you know, the post-apocalyptic thing. Sure. We got Near Dark. I, I feel a little bit of influence from that. Not Lost Boys, but, you know, because that was more poppy. But this feels, like, a little darker, a little more brutal. I think it's filmed in Texas, so it has kind of that feel. When you watched the movie, did you feel, because you live in Texas, did it feel like Texas? I live in a part of Texas that doesn't feel like any other part of Texas. It is small town, but it isn't uh, the white small town it is a very hispanic town but the community is spread out very much and so there's not like a central small town main street sort of thing and there's also not a cosmopolitan sort of city pop-up sort of like miniature skyscrapers all over that sometimes happen so so you kind of have like an any town usa kind of thing not necessarily it's hispanic with a, a smear of any town but if you go north which is everywhere else in Texas, you'll hit those little towns, which in this movie they came across once, that's at the beginning, and then they venture to, what, was it Dallas? Yeah, Which is the metropolitan thing, the big city. So, which also makes me think of I Am Legend. And I'm not talking about Will Smith. I'm talking about the story of I Am Legend being, are they vampires? Are they zombies? And those are somewhat the mix of the two, and that these creatures here, they're people, they're 
humanoid. But if they're in the sun, they burn. So that makes us think vampires. Yeah, but they're and also it's not kind necessarily of... the bite. It's, it has a little bit of the 20 days later thing going on too. It's yeah. not necessarily the bite that changes them. It's just the contact of the blood. I mean, it's it a, yeah, has it's a, an exposure it's a, to the virus. Yeah, and they never really, and I kind of like the fact that they don't fully explain things. They don't tell you the whole origin. They kind of give you an idea of what happened. They but do just have like, the concept you know, just, of an alpha, which is also right. similar to I Am Legend. So it seems like this was just informed by Richard Matheson's work. Johnny Strong, the star, he kind of embodies all the strong silent type kind of western hero. Like spaghetti westerns and stuff like that coming into town. I mean, of course, it's set in modern day, but it, it felt like it was kind of an homage to that kind of thing. Yeah. Instead of the solitary man held up in a one-room sort of apartment kind of thing, venturing out every so often, this guy's on a quest. And he is really good with guns. Any gun that he picks up, it's not ridiculous good with guns like Wanted or something something where he can just bang yeah, the yeah, bullet yeah. around a corner. <laughs> no, but he, he picks up a gun and he's just good at it. So it seems that he has had training. That's the most type of action in this is r- running through abandoned buildings, being chased by monster people, and then running out of ammo, and then having to find another gun. <laughs> Not over and over again in a bad way, but over and over again in a kind of realistic manner. And this is the yeah, most I, realistic action style movie that we have on the list too. Well, I like the fact that they use military tactic at the beginning when they first get to Dallas. I still don't know why he parked so damn far away yeah right it's right here it's right here you parked a block away <laughs> I, know, I was trying to figure that one out and then it's like the team moves out and i did like the fact that they used military tactics you know like moving you know and the two guys would stop and hold the ground or whatever while the other two would move and then they would find which a reminded me of way of the gun which also could have been possibly on this list except it's not that relentless it only has the explosive ending right that's a slow burn you know into the explosion a lot of this you, you know it, it's and they do that whole moving thing yeah uh, thing the rest of the movie kind of works like a siege movie and we've seen stuff like this you know in escape from new york and aliens and stuff like this it's still felt like kind of unique the different ways they would approach how you know you, you would expect something to happen and sometimes it would surprise you and i like the fact that they had the alpha it kind of gave you i i think a lot of these zombie vampire movies they don't really give you a good main vampire main zombie they're just kind of like nothings you know they're cannon fodder but i thought it was kind of cool to come up with the alpha and and, and kind of give a mystery about him you don't know what it is you're seeing at first that his quest isn't over even though he finishes his task because it was like there are more yeah. alphas out there so uh, i don't know if there'll yeah. be a sequel i, I actually you know what's funny is uh they made this movie for two million dollars but inside word <laughs> was telling me that some of the producers collected a big fee and that they only had nine hundred thousand dollars to shoot with oh geez but okay now that we have that knowledge it's a darn fine film especially for pennies yeah. as it was made for i mean so I, I actually don't dislike this film but i don't anticipate watching it again anytime soon really yeah it's it's just not something that um i've seen it once and i don't regret it thank you for the suggestion it was good it was also good enough you know what i mean it was good and good enough to watch but revisiting soon i'm pretty sure i'm gonna watch john wick 2 (laughs) again this year there's a certain wow factor because it went a little bit more realistic Mm -hmm. and i know in john wick they're doing this gun ballet stuff that actually does work it's still more impressively choreographed because holy crap keanu reeves is jumping up 
on top of a man who he's then tumbling backwards and somersaulting and then shooting him. It's just really impressive, strange choreography. And this isn't so strange, it's just real. Yeah, as a young man, I loved highly choreographed action. But as I get older, I find that more realistic. And we're going to discuss the next movie here, which... Hmm. <laughs> no, I picked these because there's various styles. And, and the, the story momentums is a lot of what's relentless about them. But this one, yeah. shoot them up. Who are you, Mr. Hero? Cut. Is all uh, cartoon. Worst cartoon I've ever yeah. seen. Why? <laughs> so, okay, tell I me. I hate this movie. I hate this tell movie me. so much. Why do you hate Shoot Because if I was 17, when I first saw Desperado, this would be the kind of thing I like. But this has no weight to it whatsoever. I don't give a shit about anything. Everybody's so super mega cool. The director only cared about these phony bullshit and mixing with insane action. Some of the action sequences, I can admire that they're well designed. But none of it matters. The whole movie doesn't matter in any way whatsoever. It's like a parody of action <laughs> It's a terrible parody. I don't know if it's a terrible parody. Now, I don't like this as much as Elby does. And Elby, my wife, she likes this movie. And I think the movie's good for what it is but i can almost understand what you're saying and i don't quite understand what you're saying only because you like pm entertainment's action movies <laughs> i don't say they're good movies though actually silencers is pretty awesome i like that one that one's pretty good <laughs> but you but get my no. point do you uh, like uh, don the dragon uh, wilson movies no okay all right all right all right I've, I've never i've tried and i cannot stand his movies they're so terrible <laughs> i was gonna really have some more foundation to stand on now that you took that away from me i've only got one foot <laughs> on something solid i, I can't really now, and mind you much. i saw most of those pm entertainment movies when i was in high school and college you know they'd be on usa up all night or tnt you know uh as part of joe bob briggs like when he didn't have a horror movie to show you'd watch a couple of those and they were cool at the time because they had special effects and stuff like that and digital effects were not like the easiest thing to, oh hey you know <laughs> they spent all the budget on this it's they're not that good now of course pm is not good They've never been in my book, but shoot him up is uh, a homeless dude rescues sort of he's homeless yes he's a homeless guy he's just sitting there it's, I never it's all, this that movie up. doesn't make a lick of sense he's just a guy that's a bum he's got fingerless gloves he's kind of a hobo i know you've never picked it up but that's that's it they've even like characters in, in the movie even go like this homeless guy blah 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 so this homeless guy is just sitting there and he witnesses this lady running and she's pregnant and then she's being chased by some thugs and she gets away, sort of, and then is trapped, and then he goes and rescues her, kind of. She ends up dying, but giving birth to a child. And the only place this guy knows where to take a baby is to Monica Bellucci, who once had a kid, lost a kid, and she is a madam now, or something like that. And this is also the movie that had this original lovemaking scene while shooting guns all around that drive angry another movie that could possibly be on this list ripped <laughs> both, off both are stupid sequences both i i hear people cheer that sequence and drive angry i'm like what are you talking about it's so stupid it is really I mean, dumb. Again, i get like in this movie the rest of the movie's fine i actually like drive angry i i owned it for once for like even the blu-ray for a bit and then i rewatched it after seeing it in the theater had a hoot in the theater 3d and then 
Yeah, I, you know what? I did enjoy it more in the theater than I did at home. At home, I was just like, this is just... I don't like any of this. And it was the weirdest transition. I didn't understand. But, okay. Maybe it was just the wow factor of the 3D being pretty good. But that scene... Yeah, that scene's dumb. I got... I'll give that to you. But this movie, except for... And it's his style of acting. I don't discredit him at all. Clive Owen... No, the acting The acting in this is fine. I have no problem with that. I have a problem with the but story. But Clive Owen's and, and... style of acting is just to be as subdued as possible. In every movie that I've seen him yeah. in, he's not like, I'm gonna chew the scenery. No, leave that to Paul Giamatti. <laughs> And, and give that a little bit to Steve McCaddy. The greatest actor ever! Yeah. Some people get... Here, well, speaking of Lance Hendrickson, uh, from the previous film... Right. <laughs> a friend of mine, Will Harris, interviewed Lance Hendrickson. He goes, do you ever get confused for Steve and McCaddy? He goes, no, no, he's much more gaunt than I am. Gaunt? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, I mean, yes. But Steve McCaddy, actually, he only plays a bit in this. The action is what we're talking about. And the action is highly choreographed and a lot of slow-mo. Yeah, it's... you know, some of the stuff works. Now I'm going to say this. I think you have to disconnect completely to reality because every time I'm like, oh, that baby's deaf. Oh, that baby's dead. You know, there's no way that that would get, you know, I was like, and, and, and people keep making this argument. Oh, no, it's just basically a live-action violent version of Daffy Duck versus Bugs, Bugs Bunny. Bunny. And I'm like, I get the Bugs Bunny, but you clearly didn't watch the Looney Tunes. That is not Daffy Duck. That is Yosemite Sam. Everybody knows that Paul Giamatti is playing yeah, Yosemite. Yeah, and I, wh- <laughs> right. So what's this Daffy Duck thing? Explain that. I never heard that i've only heard yeah, i've bugs heard bunny. numerous times bugs bunny versus daffy duck and i'm like paul giamani's clearly i mean i'm a huge looney tunes guy and i'm like well daffy duck wasn't the soulless piece of crap you know somebody sam was you know somebody had no like moral compass and well daffy did start out as the goofy spastic yeah. crazy guy and then he turned into the angry yes but he guy. still felt guilty sometimes about his stuff and sometimes he was the good guy he would be circumstantial like when he was robin hood or Sherlock holmes and stuff like that and a lot of the times that he would mess himself up because he's like either kind of pompous or he gets a step ahead of himself whereas yosemite sam is clearly a guy who has nothing good in him and he only has rage and and violence in him and that's who i see as paul giamatti yeah i agree with you like there are obvious nods to bugs bunny clive owen has a carrot throughout much of the film he uses it to stab people in the eye and all that yeah i wish he was if he was gonna be bugs bunny i wish he had better lines i wish he had some good funny one-liners like a little sly cocky attitude you know just like he just kind of muttered ah you know what though like i think they would probably been in the original script but cut him out because they probably would have actually been warner brothers lines and you know what's up doc and all that crap yeah but new line cinema is owned by warner brothers by this time and i'm sure warner brothers would have well maybe they would have been fine with it maybe they thought it was damaging their image maybe so i mean there might be reasons yeah why but space jam already ruined the image so forget <laughs> forget that <laughs> speaking of relentless <laughs> space jam no so i do like shoot him up there is one sequence i love and it's the one where he's jumping out of the plane and it's to acdc's if you want blood you've got i think it's to acdc i know motley Cruz in it too music clips are great i feel like i was watching a music video that was just insanely violent that part's fun <laughs> so I, i'm with you on its ridiculousness i'm not with you on its worthless because we all need some brainless dumb fun sometimes and it can be i just also don't want to revisit this too often i've seen it three times I don't need to see it any more times than that for another five years. Yeah. You and I became friends, I think, right towards the end of my blog, uh, Trash Cinema. 
and I just got yeah. too busy to do it anymore. One of the very first ones that I ever wrote that kind of spawned the whole thing was watching an eye rip into it into like a four-page. Fuck you! Fuck you! Fuck you! Fuck you! Fuck you! This movie seems like it's so cool, but it's so not. Yeah, so you're conflicted. Now you're less yeah. conflicted. I, I, I really hated the movie then. I mean, I really hated it. I could barely finish it. Uh, I felt the same way about this other movie. Uh, I don't know if you ever heard of it called Machine Girl. Or like a girl loses her arm and a shotgun is put in its place or a machine gun's put in its place. I was like, the no, no, Japanese no. one. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I, like movies I, I that never are trying it. so hard to be cool. Oh, so Daylight that's, that's never... actually the problem with sh- uh, Shoot em yeah, Up Yeah, Daylight Zane never that... tries to be cool. It's not full of itself. Well, this movie is just completely full Every of character is written to be quippy. So why the do you shooting like of the ki- lights out to say F you too? Yeah, uh, yeah, that's so funny. So why do you like Kevin Smith then? Oh, Kevin Smith. burn! Not a burn if you're talking about his latest ones, which are actually good. Red State and Tusk are awesome. I'm just talking about writing everybody to be cool. No. Uh, writing everybody's lines to be as if... Oh, cool. yeah, well, you know how I feel about Mallrats now. If you asked me back when it first came out, I'd say it's the greatest movie ever. But you ask me now, I'm like, Mallrats is, is intolerable. Just my point. Everybody sounds cool in those, and you're cool or were cool. Now you're not. Okay, you cleared it up. Cool. I mean, not to say cool too many times, but cool. Yeah, that's the way I feel about Woody Allen movies. Everybody sounds like Woody Allen. I'm like, well, maybe one person should sound like Woody Allen. The rest of them should sound like different people. Right. And Shakespeare, I mean. Ah, oh, I can't even sit through Shakespeare. I know I'm a philistine for saying that. You put Shakespeare in front of me, I'm like, do you have American version of this? <laughs> I can't understand a word they're saying. I'm going to listen to Valley we'll Girls. through yonder window breaks. <laughs> uh, plague on both your houses or something, man. What? I don't know, man. We don't talk about... Chinese cinema very often, you and I. Yeah, I know. I don't know why. Um, and lost in translation, or like I can't get clips <laughs> in English or whatever. Or you know, this this next one is French and Chinese. Yeah. Well, you know, before we get into that, there was a movie that I mentioned for this, which we decided to save because I'm quite fond of this actor, and you and you seem to be okay with some of his movies. Is Drive with Mark Dacascos. We're like, well, maybe there's like you know three or four movies of his filmography that we can discuss because he seemed to have a lot of underrated but decently, you know, decent made movies only the strong <laughs> brotherhood of the wolf I, I thought i lost my brotherhood of the wolf dvd yeah or or sold it or something and i didn't i found it nice I'm happy you got crying freeman because then there's our four there's our four right there I don't know if only the strong should actually be on that list. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure there's something else in his filmography that we could add. But it made me think about Jet Li earlier today because, you know, they did Cradle to the Grave, which, terrible script, good action. But Jet Li has always had a hard time getting through to American audiences. I'm okay with his Once Upon a Time in America, you know, his wire stunt kind of crazy stuff because it's imagined. Yeah. The Yin Pu Wing, I think that's how you say his name. There's two Fong Sayuk movies in which he plays this scrappy, young, cute, adorable, early 20s late teenager type yeah who's like lovelorn and has adventures and they're he's pretty adorable yeah oh well, jetly in general that's where you first realize yeah. that's jetly being adorable <laughs> jetly is a likable that, guy yeah he's he's got fist of legend is where you realize jetly is a badass yeah and black mask is uh, pretty entertaining i think it was of course lethal weapon 4 where he played the villain and lethal weapon 4 is his introduction to western audiences in mass yeah and i feel People like were like oh who's this guy and he played a bad guy who hardly ever spoke, but he looked and had this ferocity in that that was just like, don't mess with them. And why are they giving cute? Because I knew of Jet Li from like Fong Sai Yuk and stuff like that. So why are you making him so mean? <laughs> it's Jet Li. And that is the best finale, I think, of any of the Lethal Weapon movies. That is one hell of a sequence. 
And it kind of changed his persona because American audiences now viewed him as like a full-on badass. And so Joel Silver right. did, you know, a handful of films with him. I never feel like those movies get it right. Either there's too much wire stun or there's crappy CGI. I think Luc Besson had a better handle on what made Jeff... Well, this is a direct response to his DMX yeah. team up. He did Romeo Must Die and there was a problem with the choreography with people who knew his stuff like the people who went to the far reaches of the internet to buy DVDs that they couldn't get stateside. Uh -huh. I did that. We watched Fong Sayuk and these other action movies, uh, Fist of Legend I mentioned, that are just brilliant and they show the choreography. And, and that choreography has momentum and it, it furthers the story. Do you story. remember the days where we couldn't find these and movies where we had to go to special? I had to go to a Chinese DVD rental but they imported titles. And that's how I always get my Jackie Chans and, and Jet Li's like we're talking like early 99, 2000. Yeah, yeah. Well, I did that on the internet. I mean, not downloaded them but I bought them from and I forget what they're called there was, but there was some something or other brothers yeah. <laughs> I grew up in Indiana where I couldn't get access to this unless I did have the internet were you living in California at the time or Virginia California oh. I didn't live in Virginia you're thinking Tennessee oh, sir I thought you lived in Virginia never mind so Romeo Must Die had this choreography that was obscured with American action style directing you didn't really see a lot of Jet Li greatness and people complained about that so Kiss of the Dragon we have a situation the world's most elite agent will discover a secret war and fight its biggest battle. You're safe with us. Welcome to Paris, Johnny. Now, the man he came to help has become the enemy he was ordered to hunt. There's a time for diplomacy and a time for action. Diplomacy is dead. really appreciate it if you don't do that again. Kiss of the Dragon. With Luke Besson writing and producing, Chris Nahon directing, and he has since directed a few other things, but never so good yeah. as this. I was actually surprised when I looked at his filmography as like two other movies and he kind of wrote a couple movies. He just didn't seem like he was interested in directing. Maybe he just wants to write. No, he's still directing. He's directing something in South oh, Korea right okay. now. But um, never so good as this. And this, I say relentless because this movie ramps up. But it takes a little bit of time. Yeah, to when I was up. watching so it, I was like, the movie is when it starts. Yeah, going. I was like, uh, okay, it's been a while since there was an action sequence. There's a lot of Bridget Fonda like jonesing for a fix and Shecky Caro eating the scenery. <laughs> Who I, I don't, I don't get that yeah. at all. He, he's got some appeal to people, but not me. Oh, really? I love Shecky, but he I'm looks, Euro, he's, he's dude. like a talking thumb. What? No, huh? no, you're getting him confused he, with uh, Gerard Depardieu. His facial like a thumb. <laughs> No, I like Jackie. But, uh, okay, so this is a story about a, a Chinese police officer's sort of covert agent in France trying to deal with corrupt French police, which is just a constant theme. You think American cop stories have to deal with corruption and stuff? France, especially Luc Besson's company, is pushing this idea that the French police are the most corrupted police force ever. Oh, and the politicians. It's yeah. like a theme through all of his movies. Yeah. It is. Except it's... Fifth Element, which, of course, is set in the far future. Right. But it seems like all the people... I was like, hey, these guys... And the, the police are just seen as hapless in that. But uh, Jackie Cario is the uh, 
police lieutenant, whatever, and he has his guys, and they're all, it's just a big organized crime gang. And when the action does get going, it doesn't really stop. It has a beat here at the beginning, a beat in the mid-second act, but the beginning of the third act onward, which is quite a long ways, it's just nothing but. Jet sneaking, he's trying to get away, and he walks into the practice fight room of the police precinct, and there's all these dudes standing there, and then they all pull out their batons, and they go after him, and not necessarily just one at a time. Yeah, I could go the rest of my life never, ever, ever, ever seeing another sequence like this. Why? I mean, my god, it started with a perfect weapon because it's been done so many times how many secret little workout places are they going to be where the good guy stumbles onto and then challenges well them? this I, uh, I would I say know, this is the, probably the first outside of spy movies that did it no i've seen i can theme two movies right now perfect weapon did it and then they did it in best of the best four and that was three years prior to this and i swear there's another one with like uh jeff wincott where they did this and i feel hmm. like i ran into the sequence so they're lot. they're directive video action movies yeah still doesn't mean that so Oh. Uh, I would say the mass, because I hadn't seen a scene like that. I'm between the common audience and you, because you watched everything. I do. And the common audience doesn't watch everything. So I'm between that because, and I'm not saying you're wrong or they're wrong. I'm just saying I'm, in comparison, more discerning about what I watch. I just kind of know more what I'll like than what I'll, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so it's not an insult saying more discerning. Like, you want to like everything, so you'll watch everything. Thing, type of thing. I do. I want to. Uh, it's I my challenge. I remember getting a movie called Outlaw of Gore, and my sister looks at it with this like bullshit look on her face. She's like, "You just want to see every movie made?" And I was like, "Yeah," with absolute sincerity. She's like <laughs> disgusted. She's like, "Why would you waste so much time?" <laughs> I don't understand. See, now I had learned earlier that I don't really do want to waste that much time, but I was for a moment. I really did want to see a bunch of stuff, like so much stuff. So I'm somewhere wobbling around between common dude and you okay yeah so i hadn't seen a scene that is almost one camera take of him fighting a bunch of dudes and you see it you see the action yeah as opposed to american style action where you don't see the action you have a bunch of quick cuts it hides that the actor doesn't know what he's doing you know what's funny is look at the difference between the three worlds of kung fu cinema over the last 20 years you have asian cinema where the sequences seem to go on forever and ever and ever but they're really well designed but you become yeah. numb to it once it hits like 10 minutes. Like, good God. And then you have... Yes, the, you're right. The French. Yeah, I agree with you. The French, their action sequences aren't as short as American. They're not as long as Asian. And I think they have a lot more attitude. If you watch it, it's not just the music, but the way the characters interact with each other is kind of, it has a hip hop flavor, but also kind of a punk rock flavor to it. And then American action sequences, I, the thing that drives me nuts about it is when they pull visual tricks. Like, you know, uh, if you've ever seen Bulletproof Monk, I know these people can't do anything because uh, they're constantly chopping around Sean <laughs> It's got terrible, but they're also short and sweet for the most part. The one thing, and I, I swear I've seen this movie before, and the action sequences were in normal speed, but I watched it this time, and they sped up the kung fu sequences. Am I wrong and think they sped it up? Yeah, I think you are, because I have it, and I didn't see any speeding up. Okay, it must have been. The I don't version. know what you're talking about. Yeah, I watched. I, I, I must have watched a different version. But when the guy from District B13, you know, he plays the little, oh, right, yeah. the little guy with the blonde hair, and there's the big guy with the blonde hair. When they're fighting and his legs are flying around, it is sped up, and I was like. Oh, Oh, no, 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 no. It's slowed down. Ha ha! Here's the thing that you got screwed up, and this is interesting. This is like the one bit of trivia that's amazing. It's like Bruce Lee. Sometimes when Bruce Lee was on the set of Green Hornet, they had a hard time shooting him because he was just so dang fast. Uh -huh. That was the same situation with 
Uh, oh no! I forget his name. This version is it was herky jerky like the way it is when you speed something up, which the way you know like Isaac Florentine does with his action movies. It was actually slowing down though, sir. How? The fact is that they slowed down. They tr- they had to slow down some of the stuff because they they worked so fast. Jet Li and that guy were so fast Crazy. that they had to slow stuff down. It's bizarre that you noticed it as the opposite effect. Huh? But they were so fast. Yes. And and this has my favorite. Look at my hand. Fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With him. Oh, that was kind of ridiculous. Look at my hand. I was like, look at my hand. Yeah. Look at my hand. Keep wa- look at my hand. Keep waving over to and each over. Other. Like, All right, got it. <laughs> I like it, though. It's really funny because you're like, how many times are you going to fall for it? Yeah. Right? But that was done previously one time. One look at my hand in Fist of Legend. There is another visual gag I remember in this movie, which isn't in the version I just watched. And I swear it's from Kiss of the Dragon is where it's at a pool table and he hits one of the balls up in the air and then kicks it. Yeah, it's at the beginning. What the hell? It's at the very what beginning. What version did I watch? The, the, it's the British guy. Yeah, what did you watch, dude? I don't know. You, you watched Bridget Fonda. Yeah, being the junkie, yeah, being yeah. held captive, and her daughter is held ransom, basically. She has to prostitute in order to keep her daughter alive, and Chucky Cario's... Yeah, you saw that same movie, yeah. but I what can't believe they found about? a way to make Bridget Fonda unattractive. I cannot believe. I was like, well, I believe she's a heroin addict prostitute, but my God, you've ruined it. <laughs> what a beautiful woman. Yeah, well, her character is a beautiful character. Broken and sad. Butterfly with broken wings sort of thing. Yeah, I think and this is last movie that she did maybe i don't know but i'm glad she got to do this movie even though she's not the action hero in it because the last action thing that she did related to luke besson was a remake of la femme nikita and it wasn't good yeah it it was not shot in any kind of visually pleasing way that luke besson knows how to direct it was shot by John Batham. John Batham, well-known director, but it's just the most boring action setups anyway. But I really like Kiss of the Dragon, and I like seeing the fight sequences. This is why it's on the list, because it has that akin to John Wick movies. Yeah. You can see what's going on. Yeah, and you know, this is right before digital video took over. There's a really good martial arts movie made uh, around 2009 called Blood and Bone. Great action sequence. It's absolutely brutal, but it's shot on digital, so the action is blurry. Don't shoot it in slow-mo either. Only John Woo is able to do that correctly. Every time it's always blurry, I want to see the action fast and smooth and clear. Don't make tons of cuts. Don't shove the camera in the middle of the fight sequences. Pull back and let people see what's being designed. You know, you do all this design work and this choreography, let us see it. I agree. Now, the next one is also a Luke Besson vehicle. He did the production and the scripting on this. But I'm going to ask you first before we get into it, have you ever heard of these movies that came out in the early 2000s called Yamakasi? No. Yamakasi Le Samurai. No. no, no nothing. Those are Who's two parkour movies. The first one is a legit straight up parkour action movie. And uh-huh. the second one is a, a spiritual sequel starring much of the same cast. But there is, I think, a mystical element involved. And they seem to be the, no pun intended, jumping off point for a movie like District B-13. In the future... Society will finally find a way to protect itself from those whom it fears the most. A wall will be built between us and them. And they will be locked down in District 13. But the district just went nuclear. So if you want something out of District 13, someone 
has to go in. From the mind of Luc Besson and the producers of The Transporter. This July, if you're going in, make sure you can get out. Welcome to the district. Welcome to hell. Is this the first movie that you'd ever seen with parkour in it, or had you seen that? I'd seen those other two. This is the first movie I've seen with this kind of action sequence, but there is a movie from 1973, and, and no one's going to believe me unless they see it, with Michael Moriarty, of all people, chasing uh, his adversary uh, on the rooftops in New York City. It's one of the craziest action sequences for 1973, especially since, you know, there's so few wire and CGI and stuff like that. And it's like the first, like, what I would believe the first parkour scene. What is the movie called? Oh, I forgot to say. Haha. <laughs> uh, report to the commissioner. Okay. And Doll that has name. just Doll like name. obstacle course jumping and all that? Yeah, it's just like they're trying to get across the rooftops. They're going through the shopping center. They're going through the mall. And they end up like you just... It, it's a it's a really... It's actually probably one of the best cop movies I've ever seen in my life. That uh, that sequence. It also has a chase sequence with Bob Balaban <laughs> in a wheelchair trying to find young Richard Gere, who's a pimp, is following him through the traffic in New York on his wheelchair while they're in a taxi and it's bonkers how they were able to do that <laughs> all right i'll have to check it out that's fun <laughs> so really district b13 awesome. is literally picking up style wise off of those other two movies which were best on films and when parkour happened on the internet you start seeing these jumpy through thingy videos and you're like that's pretty amazing why won't they put that in action movies while well, the french got there first and they did it. And then eventually they just started working it into American cinema here and there. Yeah, because never, never really adhering perfectly to it, just being a moment in the film. Now, this series, it's a franchise called District B13. There are two films in the series and a remake called Brick Mansions. I spent my entire career trying to take down Tremaine. Prepare for war. He killed my father. Let's make him pay. The plan. Don't get squashed. Don't shoot my car. There are no more heroes around here. I'm not so sure about that. Thank you. Brick Mansions. Can I tell you what? This is this is gonna make me sound like a philistine, but I actually like Brick Mansions better than the District B13 movies. It's not really philistine. You, there's a, a familiarity to the style of Brick Mansions, which isn't the same exact style. It's a different director than the other two movies. Yeah. But uh, it's the same bones of the story, but it's in English, which really helps. The action isn't as good. It's not. It's, it's uh, not. It's, You're right. But it, it misses the fact that Paul Walker is okay at fighting, but he was more like MMA style fighting. Yeah. Whereas I still don't know what's the, what's the other guy's name. There's David Bell and uh, the guy from Cyril. <laughs> Cyril. Just call him Cyril. That's um, his first name. Because he's a full-on martial artist, and he can seriously handle the sequences in D- District B13. Whereas Paul Walker's kind of like you know using elbows and knees and stuff like that, like kind of close fighting. Mm-hmm. Uh, not, not. I mean, as, well, uh, cinematic. what's Paul probably Paul is probably like six two six three right, and so yeah, he, he has to use his size and length of his his extremities, his arms and legs, 
while Cyril is a tiny man, and so is David. They're both tiny men, but they're wonderful martial artists. David Bell is the face of parkour. Yeah. And so all the stunts that... Well, okay, you know what you and I haven't talked about yet is Jackie Chan. And Jackie Chan movies tend to be a bit relentless. Yeah, but not brutal. But it, it, it seems... Not, uh, yeah, you're right. You're not brutal. Comical. He's always evading. Yeah, he's evading. Now, the first Jackie Chan movie I saw in the theater was Rumble in the Bronx, which this movie has a lot of in common. The getting away. Getting away from the bad guys. Yeah, and using the obstacles and using props that are around you to help. Like the way that Paul Walker uses the uh, steering wheel in Brick Mansions. You know, I gotta say this. I didn't finish the second one. I did not finish District B-13 Ultimatum because I think it was around the second time that he was wearing silly-ass costumes. I said, nah, I'm done. I'm just done with this. Um, The Jackie Chan stuff where he's jumping through the shopping cart. Uses a clothing rack. That sort of thing, if you've seen Rumble in the Bronx and jumping through and off of the side of a building and down a pipe and whatever, is totally informative of how District B-13 works as its momentum. But it's the—it's just about the whole movie. Now, the beginning of the movie doesn't work that way. It has a slower-paced cop sequence, and then after you get to David Bell, it works that way. Now, the, the plot is simply blow up this apartment block or, like, this part of the city, the slums, so that you can raise it and build luxury condos and stuff that'll feed rich people's pockets. But there are people still in these slums, but there's a big wall put around the slums and it's protected by the government except the government doesn't go anywhere near it so there's a little bit of escape from new york in it yeah being that inside of the slums it's almost like a prison except they don't treat it like that they treat it like it's it's their little kingdom anybody from the outside comes in watch out might be stepping on the wrong turf and that's actually more prevalent in the sequel but in the sequel the woman who plays Jinx in in the G.I. Joe sequel. That's why she looks familiar. Yeah, she's one of the bosses. Uh. She's actually pretty cool. I'm, I was waiting for her moment. Uh, I'd only seen, this is like the second time I saw Ultimatum, and she has this hair whippy scene where she's got a blade in her hair and her hair is really long. Yeah. Braided. She just starts doing this uh, kung fu thing that Jet Li actually does, and I think Jackie Chan does with the cord, just whipping it around your elbow and stuff. Yeah, I've seen the first time but I she saw does that it with was her head. In, there was a movie called American Samurai where a guy had a blade in his ponytail and he was whipping around, cutting people and catching it in his teeth. <laughs> That's the first time I ever saw that. So there are two versions of District B-13. They both have similar stakes. The second one seems to be repeating the first one a little bit it's more of the same slightly different mission so i guess you could look at it like an episode of the tv show gi joe back in the day we still watched it even though every episode was the same except one might be shooting apples into a giant amoeba (laughs) so district b13 why it's on here though is because it has the that ferocious momentum that john wick movies do have yes it really does that's the one that matches the momentum. By the way, do you know the difference between parkour and free running? Because a lot of people think it's the same thing. Uh, if you look on Wikipedia, they're not necessarily different. So what, what do you got to say about it? Well, parkour is getting from A to B no matter what's in front of you. Whereas free running is kind of an open course kind of thing. Like they, ha- they have stuff in LA for like just a whole place filled with all sorts of obstacles. You're basically just picking obstacles and kind of having fun with it. It's not about like, oh my god, if I don't keep going no matter what, like the way it is in D- District B-13, I'm going to die. Uh, free running is more like 
just, I don't know, kind of like the way it is with gymnastics. You know, you have a whole open field and you just kind of do whatever exercises you want with it. I've done free running quite a bit until about three years ago where I was trying to pivot off this old metal sign up on top of an, um, a storage container. <laughs> eh, about, I think I was about 12 times into it. My arms were completely cut up and I stopped and I, started, I gave up, started to walk away, and then my leg didn't want to move properly. You it's kind of told me about this. I remember this. You fun. are crazy. I know, I know. I just wanted to hit it so badly, and then around time 12, I was like, oh, I'm bruised, and I'm cut up. I can't do it anymore. Now, I used to be crazy when I was like 18 or something, and I didn't do free running, but I did risk-taking activities for no other reason than I think I can do this. Yeah. I hung off of the edge of a cliff. Uh, not a very high cliff, but high enough for if I fell, I could have died or just broken limbs. One of the two. Or maybe I would have landed fine. Uh, one of the three, I suppose. But it looked dangerous. <laughs> and I held off with one hand, and my friend was down at the bottom and like, take the picture! Because he had a camera. And yeah. that's ridiculous. Another time, I climbed a clock tower. You see Riverside in Southern California. I climbed the clock tower all the way up to the clock, which isn't to the very top, but you can't get past the clock. And I'm just hanging out under the clock, and I'm looking down, Spider-Man style. And I'm just looking down, and that's I'm like, insane. this is stupid why did i do this i'm gonna die <laughs> i'm at the top why did i climb this high uh it was easy okay crap it's gonna be uh it was more laborious getting down but yeah i haven't yeah. done anything nutty like that since i, I, I did just go rock climbing you're inside you're on a wire you're yeah. cushioning <laughs> i did go boulder hopping which is a little parkour-ish so i would jump from boulder to boulder and it would be pretty crazy because i'm tall and i have uh a wide gate when I walk so yes. it's pretty easy for me to hop from boulders but I'm not that insane it just stopped being crazy in my mid-20s I stopped at 36 <laughs> <laughs> and I gotta tell you if I saw an obstacle course now I'm like I got insurance I'm gonna keep going <laughs> there isn't squat here yeah so so what do you think of this ultimately what do you think of this list is this a nice primer just a primer to get to this stuff yeah it's a, it's a warm-up to the new era of action if you showed any of these to these, these movies to people like in 1978 you know they're like oh my god how is it that you're like their brains would just explode <laughs> like they're used to dirty harry and stuff that's just a guy standing uh, at there. best chuck norris you know uh, and maybe a couple of bruce lee's here and there <laughs> street fighter is brutal as hell though the uh, original sunny chiba yeah that it was weird. The whole movie he spends going, <laughs> harnessing his chi. Yeah, so I, that's our list. You know, it's not the most perfect list. There are much more relentless films, but those much more relentless films are more talked about than these. Yeah. So that's it. Uh, next episode, my choice. We are doing Race for Your Life. Run all night kind of moves. I got something in mind for that. I'm definitely doing Judgment Night. We don't do Judgment Night. I quit. <laughs> Uh, we're, we're not doing Judgment Night. Ah, quit! <laughs> no, we are. Heck yeah, that has a soundtrack. Of course we're doing it. Hey gang, look us up on Facebook under Video Night. Just to let you know, previous guest host, he's been on a few times, Chad Law. Uh, he has two new movies coming out on Video Demand, uh, video, uh, you know, at Walmart or whatever you want to call it. Uh, Isolation with Stephen Lang comes out in two weeks. And the other one is Altitude with Dolph Lundgren. Uh, and if I'm not mistaken, he also wrote Daylight's End. That is correct. Well, there you go. Support independent cinema. Woo! Whee! Good night, everybody. Good night. I've only got one foot ah. on something solid. He's like a thumb. He like a thumb. Oh, burn. What the hell? What version did I watch? <laughs> <laughs>